This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. I am recording this on a nice, sunny, but very cold day here in New Hampshire. This morning when I got up, it was about minus 11 degrees Fahrenheit, that is, which is about minus 25 or so for those of you who use Celsius. And uh, so I have my wood stove cranked up. We had to have our, keep our water running in the sink because we live in this old house built before there was insulation, before they even had indoor plumbing. So that was all added later and it wasn't added real well, which means that our pipes tend to freeze up once it gets down to to 10 or 20 below zero. So we had to keep our, our water running last night. So it's still running now. Right now it's still probably about 8 below below zero. So I thought that this is a good day to stay inside and to record another episode. And by the way, I'm going to be talking about houses, for our bodies are like houses that we used to live in. Let me explain that metaphor a little bit. If you're like me, then you have lived in several houses during your lifetime, some more important to us than others, especially the house that we lived in during our formative years of childhood. It's always nostalgic to return to that neighborhood. 18 years ago, I was forced to sell a a summer house in New Hampshire that had been in my grandparents and my parents and our family since 1940. The taxes just became too expensive for us. We tried for a number of years running it out to pay for the taxes, but in the end we had to sell it or lose it. It was an emotional thing to do. It was the one place that had remained a constant in my life and the lives of my children as well when they were growing up. A lot of wonderful memories connected to that place. But nowadays, when I go by and see that house, it does not hold the same attraction it used to. Now it is just a place that I used to live in. I feel the same way about my body. This change in perspective happened 10 years ago when I woke up to the realization. I woke up not just, you know, mentally as an idea, but, you know, completely with my gut, if you will, with my intuition. I knew that I was not the body. I did not identify with it. And I was not the self that I had thought dwelled in that body and called that body my body, as if the self, which is not real to start with, could actually own a body in some way. So now it's not my body, it's not even myself, for I am neither a self nor a body. What I am is no self and no body. That's the way I feel about this 70-year-old body 
the same way I feel about their 120-year-old house that I had to sell. This body is a place I used to live in back when I thought that I was an entity that dwelled in the body like an oyster in a shell, as Plato used to say. Now I realize that I'm not. Now someone, when I said that one time, someone asked me what it felt like not to be a self. And it's kind of like moving out of a house into the open air. The body is a very confining house. Now I could say the universe is my body. Actually, that's not even accurate. I am bigger than the universe. The universe appears within what I am. It also appears as what I am. It is a sense of absolute, infinite spaciousness. It's also a sense of eternity. Sometimes I think back to what I believed about eternal life back when I was an evangelical Christian. That wasn't really that long ago. And I think back to that and it seems so small now. It seems claustrophobic. It was everlasting existence as a tiny little entity. That now so sounds more like hell. It's like eternal solitary confinement. Even the idea of resurrection, physical resurrection, if you will, was trading an earthen house for a heavenly house. It was exchanging a, a little self that lived for a few decades for an eternal little self that lived forever with God in heaven. Eternity was seen as a really, really long time, everlasting life, as they used to call it. But when one sees that we are not a self in a body, earthly or heavenly body, then it changes everything. Eternal life is seen not as a never-ending, not as never-ending time, but as timelessness. Eternal life is not something that you possess, but something you are. The universe, as huge as it is, is too small to hold what we are. Just like it's too small to hold God, we say. Therefore, heaven is not a place in the universe and hell some other place. Good place and a bad place. You know, the universe is in me with all its dualities. Not the other way around. The wonderful thing is that this reality that I'm talking about is experiential. It's not just an idea in the head. It's not a belief. It's not a philosophy or a theology or even a religion. I look around me and I, I see it. Everything is transparent to this divine reality. Everything is an expression of divine reality, including this body and this self that I'm using, <laughs> you could say, to, to articulate this now. This human being is an expression of eternity. That is what it means to be made in the image of God. Human bodies die. And the human race will die. It will go extinct. And the earth itself will cease to exist. We know that eventually it will be swallowed up by the, by the sun and be burned up and it won't exist anymore. And that's all right. It's a temporary expression of what I am. Even consciousness 
is not what we are. Consciousness is within this. And this is an area that I think a lot of people misunderstand. The way some people talk, it sounds like they think that their personal consciousness will in some way continue beyond the death of the body. It doesn't. It can't. Think about it. Human consciousness is a product of the human brain, which means that when the human brain dies, the human consciousness dies. Yet what we really are does not die. What we were before human consciousness was, is what will be after human consciousness is no more. The good news is that as human consciousness, we can be aware of this cosmic consciousness, if you want to call it that now. What we were before birth is what we will be after death and what we are. Now, I'm calling this consciousness now. It seems like a contradiction to what I just said. And a lot of, because a lot of people call this consciousness, but it's nothing like human consciousness. It's as different from human self-consciousness as a rock's consciousness is from human consciousness. It's a difference between being conscious and being consciousness. Consciousness is an expression of what we are, which is being itself. I am. I amness. Incarnated as humans for a few decades, we come to identify with human consciousness. And we start to think this is what we are. But we are more than that. We are the life that is expressed in consciousness, in all beings, in all animals. We are the consciousness expressed in all humans that have ever lived. That awareness, I think, is the origin of the idea of reincarnation that so many people believe in. That our individual identity is not reincarnated in successive linear lives, one after another. The world soul, if you want to call it that, which is what we really are, our true identity, is incarnated simultaneously in every life form on earth now and ever throughout all of history and in the future and in every life form that may be in the universe, if there is life elsewhere besides this earth. We are life. Now we can call this consciousness if we want. We can call this God. We can call it life or eternal life. We can call it anything we want, but the words cannot touch it because it is everything. Everything. Words are used to distinguish one thing from another thing, but this is not a thing. This is everything. It is the all, which is how Jesus identified himself in the Gospel of Thomas. It is God, and that thou art, to quote the Upanishads. This awareness is present, though not understood, in and by our human consciousness. Waking up to this awareness as awareness is enlightenment or liberation or salvation or 
redemption, the term we use is, depends upon our religious tradition, but it's all the same. Boundaries between traditions blur and even disappear when this is seen, including the boundary between physical life and death. So, back to the house, this body. There is no personal self or soul in residence here. In that sense, no one is home, I could say. Yet, this body, in this sense, is home because it is part of the universe, which is an expression of the eternal. So, we are home. We are already at the destination of the spiritual quest. No need to fly off to a distant heaven when the body dies. You know, a lot of Christians talk about going to heaven in terms of going home. But we're already home. There's nowhere to go but here. No time to go but now. The kingdom of God is at hand, as Jesus repeatedly said. Just a matter of seeing this. So I say there's no one home, but I could equally say just the opposite, which is the tricky thing about non-duality, because whenever you have to say one thing, you have to balance it with the opposite. Opposites are equally true. So I could say that someone is home, but not who you think. It is not someone. It is the one, the only one, God in us, Emmanuel, as the as the Bible says, in whom we live and move and have, have our being, as the Apostle Paul says. The New Testament testifies this, to this reality repeatedly in different ways. The Apostle Paul wrote, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you had from God? have from God? This physical body is the temple of God. It's what's another metaphor. God dwells here. God includes all things and all persons. You could say, there's another way of looking at it, that there's only one person in the universe. And we are all that person. We are all expressions of that one divine person. Jesus told a story called the, called the parable of the empty house. He compared the human body to a house. He compared the kingdom of God to driving an evil spirit out of the house, out of the body. Now, as I, I have explained in other episodes in biblical mythology, evil spirits are symbols of the self. So Christ is driving the self out. And what remains is an empty house, emptiness. But the house is not empty in the sense of lacking something. That type of emptiness is nothing more than a fleeting spiritual experience. If it is that type, then the self will return later, when the experience passes. It return in another form to fill in the space. Nature abhors a vacuum, it is said. The same with the mind. The solitary self will simply be replaced with another solitary self, or many selves, as Jesus says, like the man called Legion in the Gospel story, and the person is worse off than before. So emptiness is the initial discovery of this reality, that there is no one home. But this emptiness is not a lack of something or anything. 
It does not lack anything because it is everything. It is the fullness of everything. So it is accurate to call this fullness as much as emptiness. It is the all. The Bible describes us as being filled with the Holy Spirit. It reminds me of the Zen saying that enlightenment is like a burglar breaking into an empty house. I love that koan. There's a parable that Jesus could have told. The key to that koan is seeing that even after the burglar enters the house, the house is still empty. You see, when the burglar is in the house, the house is empty. That realization is Satori. In Zen, it's enlightenment, it's the kingdom of God. No one is home but God. Now that's it for today, but I do want to mention that I finished my new book, The Non-Dual Gospel of Jesus. And it is now available in Kindle format on Amazon. It is a gospel written from the perspective of Jesus and highlights the non-dual teachings of Jesus. So that's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.